morning. <laughs> Welcome to Central Baptist Church. Um, apologies to the people that join us online. <laughs> Last week we had no electricity at all, so that service will not be ever <laughs> aired. <laughs> it will be always remembered, that's true. It's funny because the sermon was kind of about predestination, and I guess only the people who were here that day were predestined to hear that message. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, it's another week, and we're almost through with July, and I messed up. I was the one who said that we were going to have family dinners on the fourth Sunday of each month this year, but then I confused myself and thought it was the last Sunday of each month, and so, and there are five Sundays in July. So I have been saying that family dinner is the 30th, and it really was supposed to be today, but I don't think anybody except the Jernigans have planned for that. So um, we're just going to eat what there is both Sundays, and if we have something to talk about as a family either Sunday, great. <laughs> um, but next Sunday for sure, at 4 p.m., we will be having a service honor the life of Betty Hewitt, um, who was taken from us much too soon, and so if you can make it to that, uh, we'll, be, we'll be right in here, and we'll be honoring her life, and I hope you can join us for that. Um, is there anything we need to know about Good Measure Coffee House? If you, if you are not in this building right now and you're online and you're curious about the coffee house, first of all, you should come. But also, if you're a musician and you are interested and you don't know Tim's phone number or Ella's, you can contact the church and I will pass your message along. The church phone number is 508-764-6365. It doesn't, okay, it doesn't have to be music. It can be other talents, poetry reading, or anything. Maybe I'll read a chapter of the book that I'm trying to get published. I've thought about that. <laughs> but that would, that would assume that I was practicing it. <laughs> Any other announcements? All right. Let's quiet our hearts and um, pray to the Lord together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for bringing us back here together. We thank you for um, a place to worship and lights and electricity and internet and all of the things that we often take for granted. And most of all, Lord, we thank you for this body of people that you are forming um, to do your work in the world. And so we want to do that, so we pray the prayer that your son Jesus taught us, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning. Today's scripture reading comes from Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 19. If you're following along in your pew Bible, that's on page 20. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. He had reached a certain place. He stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are laying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, you, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob woke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called this place Bethel, though, though the city used to be called Luz. Good morning. How's everybody today? Good, good. Um, does anybody dream dreams and remember them? Yeah? I, uh, I think I might dream some, but I don't generally remember them. Um, although, he dreams some serious dreams, and they're weird. You dream dreams? No? It's not weird? Okay, so he talks to you from the TV? Oh, okay. All right, so you must be watching too much TV if you're dreaming about TV. Oh, okay. Okay. So you hear some, he sits on a chair and you hear a lot of loud music. Oh, and Grandpa Vipa was in your dream? And you were there. Okay. Well, that sounds like a pretty strange dream if you ask me. Okay, well, we'll hear more about your dream later, okay? Can, can we move on? Good. 
All right. All right. Do you know what this is? Do you know what this is? Hey, do you know what this is? Do you know what this is? It's a Jacob's ladder. You're right. Um, this is a toy that I think is pretty fascinating. I don't quite really understand how it works. But it's been around for hundreds of years. Um, it was called the Sunday toy. Uh, a lot of times, Puritan children weren't allowed to do anything uh, on Sunday, but they were often allowed to play with this toy because it's called Jacob's Ladder. It was supposed to represent the angels going up and down the ladder to heaven that Jacob saw in his dream. So I'm going to use my Jacob's Ladder today. You look confused, Tommy. Have you not seen one of these before? <laughs> the look on his face is like... <laughs> well, I'm going to tell the story of Jacob with this. So here we have Jacob. He's walking along to Haran. And he gets tired, and he decides it's time to go to bed. Oops, wait a minute. There we go. Except he didn't have a nice soft bed to sleep in. He slept on the ground with his head on a rock. Not very comfortable. He got a, probably got a big knot on his head from sleeping on that rock. Well, during the night, God talked to him. And God sometimes talks to us in strange ways. He talked to Noah through a rainbow where he made a promise that he would never flood the earth again. And sometimes he talks to us with his voice. But it's different for every person. But God talked to Jacob that night. And he said, Jacob, I have great plans for you. I know you kind of snuck your way into getting the birthright. I didn't like that. However, I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to bless you. And when Jacob woke up, he said, wow, God's really here. This must be God's house. So he took that rock, and he stood it up, and he made the house of God, Bethel. He poured oil on it, and it was like, I know, I'll show you later. So it's like the meeting house, the, the place where God and people can meet. After that, what are we doing? We learn that God's promise to us was fulfilled not only through Jacob, but through Jesus on the cross. And because of that, we hey, have new life like the butterfly. Like the butterfly, yeah. So God blessed Jacob, even though he didn't do things quite the way he wanted them done. And sometimes we don't do things the way God wants us to do them. But if we trust God, he's going to lead us, he's going to give us the dream to follow, and he's going to lead us all the way till that dream is fulfilled. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you that you are a God who loves us no matter what, that you give us dreams and you fulfill those dreams. 
you've continued to fill them from year to year to year through the centuries. And we thank you for Jesus and what he did for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, I do pray that Christ will be in my speaking and in our hearing, um, that we will see you and hear you and know you through this message this morning and throughout the rest of today. In Jesus' name, amen. God has no grandchildren. Anybody ever heard that? What does it mean? He has children, right? Right. Everybody has or needs to have their own relationship with God. I first heard that phrase when I was getting ready to go on a five-week mission trip to India, and one of there were a brother and sister pair on my team that I was going with, and they talked about how they came to faith in Christ their dad was a minister, and like my dad was, and they were taught at one point that they had to decide for themselves whether they were going to follow Jesus or not. And that was a long time ago that I heard that, and I feel like it still holds true. Jacob is the person that we're looking at now. We've been talking about Abraham. Abraham was Jacob's grandfather. And we know that God made a promise to Abraham and that the promise was dependent on not just Abraham trusting God to fulfill the promise, but Abraham's children and children's children and children's children's children. Say that a couple times fast. And so Jacob is now the third generation of this promise. Isaac had to come to terms with God himself. And we might imagine, we don't know a whole, a whole lot about Isaac's relationship with God. We do see in Scripture that he had one, um, but it was probably an interesting, how he got there was probably interesting since he was almost sacrificed on an altar. Um, but Jacob, who we met last week, as far as we know, has not had a direct interaction with God himself. Abraham had a direct interaction with God Abraham's wife Sarah did, Abraham's second wife Hagar even did, um, Isaac, Abraham's and Sarah's son, had a direct interaction with God, Rebecca, Isaac's wife, did, but Jacob has not. Jacob is acting like he thinks he can be God's grandchild. He can somehow be part of this promise unfolding without actually having to interact with God himself. And last week we saw him um, kind of trying to get the benefits of the promise his own way, he, with a little help from his mom. Um, he tricked his just a little bit older brother, twin, twin brother Esau, out of Esau's birthright as the firstborn, and he tricked his father out of giving his brother the blessing that the brother was supposed to get into giving it to him. And it was God's plan for Jacob to get the birthright and the blessing, 
but Jacob got it in a very dishonest and not very godly way. So, now, Jacob is on the run. Where we started reading, where Lily started reading for us this morning, it just says that he's traveling from Beersheba, I think, to Haran. Does anyone recognize the, the name, the place name, Haran? We've talked about it before in this last couple months. No. Okay. Haran is the place that Rebecca came from, that Abraham's servant went to to get Rebecca to marry Isaac, because it's the place that Abraham's family, before Abraham went to Canaan, settled. They all were from Ur originally, which is around somewhere in Iraq now, um, and they, they got as far as Haran, and then they stopped, and then God called Abraham, and Abraham went to Canaan. So why do you think Jacob is going to Haran? Family. But why else is Jacob going to Haran? Let's be honest. Okay, so he doesn't have to take care of himself, but why would he have to do that? <laughs> Go ahead. Nobody else is answering, Sandy, but... Because he was a jerk. Yeah, basically. So he's running because he cheated his brother twice, and his brother wants to kill him. Whose fault is this? <laughs> well, his mother is p partly culpable, but really, it's Jacob's fault. He made the decisions. He did the thing. If we think about this, we, we talked about last week how he, he went about getting the promise the wrong way, but he was always going to get the promise. And so if he had just you know, maybe had his own relationship with God and was listening to God and getting to know what God is like and had, and had waited for God to somehow work out all the details so that he would be the one carrying the blessing, then maybe he could have stayed home and they could have gotten a wife for him from Haran without him having to go there, and then maybe he would have just had one wife. Next week we're going to find out he ends up with four, and some guys might think that sounds great, but it's not great. And, and he, we're, next week we're going to talk a lot more about how this unfolds, but this is the first stage of him having to deal with the consequences of being basically ungodly. He is predestined to carry on the promise and even to benefit from the promise, but the promise is for him to be blessed and for God to bless the whole world through him and his family, the promise is not that he can do whatever he wants and avoid the natural consequences. Let's be clear here. Most of the time, consequences are not God's direct punishment of us. They're just what happens when we mess up. There is no decision that you can make that doesn't have follow-on results. And sometimes they affect more people than you. Usually they do. God had said 
that the older brother, Esau, was going to serve the younger brother. And God has not taken back his promise, even though Jacob kind of made it happen in a way that was not godly. But Jacob's choices will determine how God keeps the promise. So, if we are the people of God, and we, we know that as the people of God, God's promise to us is the same one as to Abraham. He wants to bless us by being in relationship with us, and through that, bless other people. We are, this is a cliche, but we are blessed to be a blessing. It's never just for us. And so we can be secure if we are following Jesus, if we have given our lives to God through Jesus Christ, we can be secure that God isn't going to take back his promise. But we still have a whole lot of leeway about how we get there. God still allows us to make a lot of choices. It's kind of like, there aren't a ton of people that are my age in this church, but there are a few of us. Um, those of us who are my generation, Gen X, we grew up with this series of books called Choose Your Own Adventure. Anybody remember these? Oh, Kathleen. We're not quite the same generation, but I'm not surprised you know these. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so Choose Your Own Adventure books, I really like them, although they were a little bit scary because you could basically you read part of the book and there's the story and you choose what's going to happen next and based on what you choose you turn to page such and such and you don't know but the the end of the story changes in this case when you're following god the end of the story stays the same but there's a whole lot of choices and adventures in the middle so Jacob is tra traveling, and basically his first night out, he gets as far as what they're calling Bethel. Bethel, it means house of God. It wasn't originally called that before this, but it has been mentioned before. We didn't talk about it really too much, but when Abraham is called and he moves out to Canaan, Bethel, or that region, is one of the places where he builds an altar to God. So... Jacob gets as far as this, and then he has this dream. And so somebody sum up the dream real quick. Right, angels going up and down a ladder, or some translations say a stairway, which is maybe a little more accurate. Um, huh? It's an escalator. <laughs> yeah, right, could be. Um, so, there's, so there's angels, and, and there's God. Here's something I don't remember ever noticing. I'm not going to say I never noticed because I'm starting to forget stuff, but I don't remember ever noticing this before. I always had this picture, and I've seen it, seen this story illustrated before, where the angels are going up and down the ladder or the staircase or the escalator, and at the top is God. But verse 13 says, there's the angels, and they're going up and down. And there was the Lord standing beside him. So, what do you think is the point of this dream? What? Yes. 
there is this portal between the heavens and the earth that Jacob is seeing right now in this dream. And God came down and is right there with Jacob to say something to him. What's the blessing to Abraham? Yes, so many children, you're going to inherit the land, and all the world is going to be blessed through you. Reminder, this takes us all the way back to Genesis 1, where God has created human beings in his image to represent him faithfully to each other and to all of creation. So this is a little picture of what God wants to happen. This is Jacob's dream, but it is God's dream. When we pray what Jesus taught us, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, that's God's dream. And Jacob is the next step in the stairway. He's the next rung in the ladder in this purpose of God to bring people back into relationship with him so that God's will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is Jacob's reaction when he wakes up? Wow. <laughs> yeah. God must be here. Okay, we have dreams for ourselves, right? And if we have kids, we have dreams for our kids. And what do you think Jacob's dreams were for himself before he had this dream from God? Okay, to be rich and get all his father's stuff. He was already implementing this plan, right? <laughs> um, but it didn't work out because now he's running away. He's supposed to inherit the land. He got a blessing that, from God that's supposed to mean that he, now he's the, the son of the promise and he's going to inherit Canaan and he's going to be the one through whom the blessing comes. But he has essentially, through his own actions, on a human level, he's forfeited it. He has to leave the land and the family and all the stuff and all the support. Esau, his brother, was probably not a particularly spiritually attuned person and seems to have been ruled primarily by his physical desires. So he sold his birthright for a bowl of lentil soup. That was like the worst trade in the history of trades. <laughs> um, I like lentil soup, and that's, that's not it. He also, we find out, marries two women from the land of Canaan who are pagan, who are not part of the people of the promise, and his parents can't stand them. And so that is actually the reason that Rebecca says that Jacob's leaving. I'm sending Jacob back to my family to get some nice girl because I can't stand these two ladies. And so, um, so Esau makes his decisions on the basis of his physical needs. But Jacob's own personal dreams are about as self-centered. They're just a little bit more metaphysical or a little bit more 
well, they're a little bit more forward-thinking. He wants the blessing, he wants the stuff, but he wants to get it his own way. But now he has encountered the God of his grandfather and the God of his father, the God of his grandmother and the God of his mother. In fact, God introduces himself that way to make sure Jacob knows who this is. In verse 13, it also says, I, so God is next to him, and then he says, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. The Bible uses father for any ancestor. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Not the land to which you are going, the land on which you are lying. Then God restates the promise for Jacob that he made to Abraham. He says, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. And then he adds something just for Jacob. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Were God's dreams for Jacob the same as Jacob's dreams for Jacob? No? Okay, not at that time. But kind of, were they better or were they kind of consolation prize-ish? Okay, God's dreams were more complete. But how do you think Jacob felt about it in the moment? Good? He was afraid. What do you think he was afraid of? Okay, his brother first, but I mean, maybe. So here's the thing. When we confront somebody that knows all our stuff, <laughs> we might feel a little, and can do something about it, we might feel a little uncomfortable. And God knows all his stuff. But also, and I say this because I've had this experience myself. I feel like I'm in a better place of trust in God than I used to be. But for a very long time, especially in my younger adulthood, I had this idea that, yes, I, I love God and I wanted to follow God and I wanted to obey God, but he was going to probably make me do something that I didn't want to do. That was going to be his will. Because how could I possibly actually enjoy the thing that God called me to or, or whatever. And so I sort of wonder if Jacob is like, okay, like this, this big promise that you gave to my grandfather and my dad, that's great, but what about, what about my life? <laughs> what about my needs? It's sort of hard to tell what he really thinks based on his response. He does, he says, wow, and he's like, this is clearly a place where God is. I've literally seen God here. He kind of accepts God's invitation to him, but he has some out clauses. He's not really sure if he can trust God with his dreams, so he stipulates what it's going to take for him to trust God. He's like, okay, if you will be with me and you'll protect me and you'll provide for me and bring me back here, 
then you will be my God. This is kind of funny. Why is this funny? What's that? I actually think God is pretty gracious, and sometimes he lets us make deals, but we might be better off not to. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, God is Jacob's God, whether he wants him or not. But here's what's really funny. He makes all these stipulations right after God said that's what he was going to (laughs) do. Did you get this? He gives him the big promise, and then he says, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And then Jacob's like, but if you will be with me and... Really? (laughs) Here's the thing, guys. We can trust God to dream bigger than we can. With a dream that isn't just for us, but that ultimately blesses us and others. Sometimes, here's our problem, we're just human. And sometimes God's dreams for us feel so big, because they are so big, we feel like we can't trust him with the details. That's great if this promise that God gave Abraham still applies to us right now, but, like, we're not Abraham, and we don't live in Canaan or Iraq or any of those places, and our situations are different, and so what about my life? The bigness of God's dreams gives us a lot of freedom. Remember, God doesn't micromanage the details of our lives. Some people would like that, and they will try to micromanage other people's lives in the name of God, but God is not a micromanager. There are lots of ways that we can accomplish God's dreams for us with God. There's also a heck of a lot of room for detours. (laughs) Jacob is on a detour. But the cool thing is, that even this detour is eventually going to form him into the person that God can work with to accomplish God's dream. This is how God is going to work everything together for good, like we talked about last week. And here's the other cool thing. In the Bible, we see this over and over and over again. Human beings mess up. And then they want to run away. They want to run away from God. They want to run away from God's people. And when they do that, God shows up. Because the only way we can fix the stuff that we screwed up is by being with God in it. So next week we're going to see more just what kind of detour Jacob got himself into and how God is with him through all of it. Because of this moment right here. God shows up at the beginning, before all this mess that's coming happens, so that God will be with him and Jacob can go to God and also see just how trustworthy God is, even in the mess. So what about our dreams? There are a couple people in this church who are younger and are just 
starting to look ahead to what your life is going to look like as an adult. Um, there are some of us who have been adults for a while, and maybe we're in a turning point, or, a, or maybe we're stuck. Some of us feel like we have been sidetracked or sidelined. So how can we trust God with our dreams? Well, one of them is an overquoted verse. One of the ways we can do this is Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. A lot of people like to use this as a nice little saying that they think means God will give you anything you want, whatever your heart's desire is. But I believe what this verse really means is when God is our first love, our primary delight, the one that we go to for everything, when we are finding joy in God, God himself will help us to desire the things that God, want, that God desires for us, for our good, for our blessing, for our delight. When we delight in God, when we desire God first, he will help form our desires and our dreams. The second thing to do when we are trying to trust God with our dreams is don't live off someone else's faith. Not your grandmas, not your grandpas, not your parents, not your friends, not your mentors, not the preacher on TV, not me for sure. Don't do that. <laughs> God is not your grandpa. Or your friend's friend. God dreams of being your father and your friend. He's not really into seven degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. He wants to be your friend. We sidetrack our dreams when we try, like Jacob did last week, to accomplish them all on our own without involving God in the process. But we also sidetrack our own dreams when we just sit back and wait for other people to pray for our lives to change. People's prayers are effective. And that needs to be part of our process. But we need to be moving toward God or moving with God so that he can show us what to do next. In a way, Jacob was fortunate. He wasn't seeking God for himself, so God helped him out by giving him a dream. And the Apostle Paul in the New Testament had something similar. He got knocked off a horse and blinded for three days so God could get his attention. Most of us haven't had don't have that kind of thing happen. But I guarantee you, every single person in this room either has had or maybe right now is having an experience that God is trying to use to get your attention. It might be financial need, it might be relational need, it might be work stress. Remember, these things are not God punishing you, but they might, some of them, in some of the cases, be some consequences to decisions that we've made in the past. 
The question is now, you can't go back and fix the past. You can't. None of us can. Even if it was like yesterday. How are we responding to these experiences right now? I was meeting with somebody this week, and she was talking about leading a Bible study with some people, and she said, I stopped, I decided I'm going to stop asking people, how does this passage apply to our lives, and more, what are you going to do about it? And I thought, that's really good, and I'm probably going to be sitting with that for a long time. <laughs> we can read the Bible, and we can read a story, and we can see how it connects. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a situation that I've been in. It reminds me of this time that this happened, or right now I'm, this is happening. That's how it applies to our lives, but so, great. What are we going to do about it? What Jacob does, even if he's not quite sure how he feels about this God or what God's plans for him are, is he gets up and he acknowledges that it's God that he's met with. He says, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So we haven't done anything like this in a while. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and think about these things. I'm going to ask you some questions, and you can think about these things before God. What are the details of your dream for yourself that you still aren't sure you can trust God with. Share those details with God. Share your hopes with God. Ask God what his hopes for you are. And are they maybe the same things as the details that you just told him about? Invite God into your dreams for yourself and accept his invitation into his dream for you. Not with stipulations like Jacob, but no matter what, because he loves you and you can trust him with your dreams. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that your love for us is bigger than we can imagine and your dreams for us are too. Not just the big picture dreams, but also the small details, not because you micromanage them, but because you want us to live our lives with you. We want to follow you, Lord. We are trying to give ourselves up to you. Sometimes it's hard. Thank you for your gentleness with us. We ask for your continued help, care, and direction, and that we will seek you in all things. In Jesus' name. Amen.